today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. The Lord is your defense. Let the Lord defend you. Do you realize that all of the power that Jesus tells Pilate is from above for him is the same power that is from above for you? I'll tell you, I've been walking with the Lord for 38 years, and I've learned the hard way, and I've got the scars to prove it. So many times I've defended myself. And this is where the enemy is so clever. If he can get you to defend yourself, then guess what's going to happen? You're going to spend all your time defending yourself. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 1 Timothy. Do you struggle with the need to defend yourself? In today's message, Pastor J.D. will teach on this truth. The Lord is your defender. He has all the power and might to work in and through you. So let go of all the things you can't control and let the Lord defend you. Let Him show you His faithfulness. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 1 Timothy chapter 6 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. And I think we do err greatly as Christians when we fight against the paradox of the faith, the good fight of the faith. The way up is the way down. You want to live, die. You want Him to increase, you have to decrease. That's the paradox of the faith. That's the good fight of the faith. And if there was ever a man inspired by the Holy Spirit who knew a thing or two about this, it was the Apostle Paul. Acts chapter 20. By the way, Acts chapter 20 is a great chapter. It's one of my favorite chapters. I know I say that about every chapter in every book in the Bible, but it's such a great chapter. So the Apostle Paul knows that He's being called to go to Jerusalem, and he knows that it's not going to be a picnic when he gets there. It's going to be an uphill battle all the way there, and certainly once he gets there. And so he says, verse 22, Luke writes, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know, verse 23, that in every city... The Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, and this is the key, this is the secret. I hate to use words that the world has hijacked, and I know Arabs shouldn't use the word hijacked, but the secret to success. I hate it when the world does that. By the way, we were talking about this on Thursday night in Ecclesiastes, just in chapter 10. You know how many modern day sayings came from Ecclesiastes chapter 10? Just that one chapter? You know that saying, fly in the ointment? Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 1. You know that that saying, a little bird told me? Ecclesiastes chapter 10. By the way, Twitter, the bird? Ecclesiastes chapter 10. How about that one? I hate it when they do that. They take something from God's Word. Okay, anyway, I digress. This is the secret to success. I'm taking it back from the world. The secret to success 
in the Christian life. You ready for it? Wait for it. Here it is. I consider my life worth nothing to me. That's why. He says, my only aim, I've already died to myself. I've already denied myself. You see that cross? I picked it up. That cross has got a lot of miles on it. I drive it every day, (laughs) daily. I pick it up. He says, my only aim is to, listen to this metaphor, finish the race. It's going to come up again here in a second. And complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Paul, like Esther before him, we were just talking about that in the prophecy update. Mordecai says to her, how do you know that you weren't positioned where you're positioned in the kingdom for such a time as this? And if you don't do this, deliverance will come from another. In other words, Esther, if you refuse to put your own life in jeopardy and approach the king uninvited, if you're unwilling to do that, then God will find somebody who will. And then she says those chilling, famous words, if I perish, I perish. Wow. And look at the lives that were saved because she died to self. If I perish, I perish. You know, I think of Job. (laughs) He said this, and when we were studying through the book of Job, man, that was a trial. And you study it, that's a whole nother trial. It's a book about, you know, I mean, talk about trials. And he comes to this place where he says, even if God were to kill me, slay me, put me to death, yet will I praise him, trust him. That's a guy who's already died. Dead men don't flinch. I'll give you a moment on that one. I know it's a little gnarly to borrow an 80s word. (laughs) Dead men don't flinch. Dead men aren't moved. That's why in Acts chapter 20, the apostle Paul could say, nothing moves me. How can it? I'm already dead. I've already died to myself. It was a fight. Not going to lie, as we say. I already died. Nothing moves me. This life, it means nothing to me. It means nothing to me. And isn't it true that the battle will ensue when we're holding on too tightly to our lives in this world? We love this world. Come on, let's be honest. We love this world and the things of this world. And therein lies the conflict and the battle and the struggle. When we get to 2 Timothy in chapter 4, and we'll get there. Maybe the rapture will happen first, don't know, but (laughs) we'll get there. In verses 7 and 8, Paul is at the end of his life now. And listen to what he says to Timothy. He says, I have fought, fought, past tense, the good fight. (laughs) Notice, as one said, he didn't say, I danced a good dance. No. I fought the good fight. 
And he brings back this other metaphor, drawing from the Olympics of that day, which we know them as the Olympics today. He says, I have finished the race. Wait, so Paul, you have fought the good fight of the faith that you're writing to Timothy about in your first letter, and you finished the race? Yeah. Wow. And then he says this, I have kept the faith. I didn't let go. Lay hold of, grab onto it, and hold on to it for dear life, eternal life. Lay hold of it. Finally, and I love this, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. You know what day he's talking about, right? Well, he's going to tell us next, he says, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Oh my goodness. He said that in our text today. He said, lay hold of it, fight the good fight of the faith until his appearing. And then he says, I fought the fight, the good fight, I finished the race, I kept the faith, I laid hold of it, I wouldn't let go of it, and now you know what? I got a crown waiting for me. You know the thing about crowns with guys, it's kind of weird, you know, it's kind of like, ew, that's a girl thing. Believe me when I tell you, you want these crowns. Think of it like this, guys. Think of the king's crown from the king of kings that we cast before Him, when we bow before Him, and praise Him and worship Him, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Oh, can't wait. Here's the second question, first part of verse 13. Is the Lord my defense? Is the Lord the one that's defending me in this fight, this good fight of the faith? Now, at first read, Paul's reference to the Savior testifying before Pontius Pilate seems kind of like it's out of place. Like, you know, he's talking about fighting the good fight of the faith and laying hold, taking hold, not letting go of eternal life. And then he brings Jesus into it and his testimony standing trial before Pontius Pilate. What in the world? What are you talking about? Why are you bringing this into the discussion? Well, upon closer examination, it makes perfect sense. And here's why. Jesus did not defend himself before Pilate. That's not to say that Jesus was defenseless. It is to say that the power that Jesus had for his defense came from the Father. In this fight, this good fight of the faith, the Lord is our defense. The Lord is our shield. The Lord is the source of our strength in this fight. We're going to talk about that here more in a moment. In John's Gospel, chapter 19, verse 11, this is intense because Jesus is standing trial before Pilate, and Pilate's getting frustrated. I mean, when you read the narrative, it's like, why don't you defend yourself? 
Jesus is on his way to the cross to die for the sins of mankind. I find it so fascinating that he would say to Pilate, "Um, you think my kingdom is on this earth? It's not. My kingdom is not here. Because if my kingdom was here, then my disciples would fight. But they don't fight. I think about Peter. I love Peter. Oh, I can't wait to meet Peter. Seriously. You know, I think a lot of people are going to owe Peter an apology when we get to heaven. No, for real. Man, he's been the source of so much bad press. Everybody's, you know, Peter's got foot in the mouth disease, you know, and all these things. And man, you got to hand it to the guy though. Think about it. Of all the disciples in the boat on the Sea of Galilee when that storm hit, And here comes Jesus walking on water, and they're like freaking out. Oh my goodness, it's a ghost. We're all going to die. And then Peter says, wait, it's the Lord. And then he says, bid me come. I know it's not in the text. I would have loved to have seen the expression on the disciples' face when Peter says to Jesus, Jesus, if that's you, I want to come to you. I want to walk on water. The other disciples are going, Peter, Peter, why are you always doing that? So he steps out of the boat, and he walks on water. The disciples are going, no way, way. I like how one Bible teacher said it. He suggested that, you know, we're told in the text that Peter took his eyes off of Jesus. That's why he started to, you know, sink and drown. And one has suggested that he looked at the storm, and that's what, you know, sunk him, which is a whole nother teaching and takeaway. But one has suggested that Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, because he looked back at the disciples and said, <laughs> look at me, you're still in the boat. Boom, down he goes. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. What's my point? Some of you are going, do you even have a point? I do. Just give me a second. I'll, I'll get to it. But he says, if my disciples were to fight, they would be fighting for my kingdom down here. But they're not fighting because my kingdom is not down here. It's up there. That's the wrong fight. They're not going to defend me. Peter tried in the garden. Remember that? I mean, this is a guy, you got to hand it to him. The courage he had to say to the Lord, bid me come and walk on water, and then the courage to take on the entire Roman army. Takes his sword out. Here's Jesus. He said, Jesus just got done telling the disciples, I'm going to the cross. And what does Peter do? Over my dead body. (laughs) Well, (laughs) um, and then Jesus says to him, get thee behind me, Satan. (gasps) What? Not that Peter was Satan, but it was like, Peter, come on, man, i got to go to the cross. Satan doesn't want me to go to the cross because he knows that when I go to the cross and I'm buried and I rise again, he's done. He's a defeated foe because I'm going to defeat the devil and death with him when I pay in full for all of man's sin. So this notion of, no, you're not. No, you want me to, Peter. You want me to. But he has the courage to take on the entire Roman army. And what does he do? He takes his sword, 
And we're even told the guy's name, this Roman soldier, Malchus, and he cuts his ear off. He was trying to behead him. Make no mistake about it. And I don't know, Malchus must have thought, no, and then off comes the ear. And Jesus is like, dude, what are you doing? This is a spiritual battle, and you're fighting a spiritual battle with carnal weaponry. Paul would say our weapons are not, the weapons of our warfare in this fight are spiritual weapons. This isn't a physical carnal fight. I love the word carnal. It's a lost word in our vocabulary today. You know what carnal means? It means flesh, meat, You know when you go to the store and you buy a can of chili con carne? That's chili with meat, flesh. So bon appetit. That's what it means. Carn, carnal, flesh, meat. You get the point. Peter, you're fighting the wrong fight. You're fighting a spiritual fight with fleshly weapons, carnal weapons. He says, to Pilate, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Do you realize that Jesus, not even with a snap of a finger, he wouldn't have even needed to do that. He could have just, you know, like we do in Hawaii, raise your eyebrows, you know. The whole of the heavenly host would have come down in a millisecond to defend the Savior. But no. Why? because this is not my fight. My fight is not for here. You know, I mentioned this on Thursday night, and you know, it doesn't matter what I say, or even how I say what I say. The enemy is so subtle, and he twists it. I was talking about on Thursday night, this false teaching of kingdom now theology. Dominion theology. Here's this false teaching in a nutshell. I'll just be as simple as I can. I hope it's not an oversimplification, but basically it's the kingdom of heaven on earth now. So we're going to fight and take the world, take dominion over the world for Jesus. That's called dominion theology. It's called kingdom now theology. And you'll forgive me, it's a doctrine of demons. Jesus said, this is my kingdom. What are you doing? Peter, my kingdom is not here. Why are you fighting for my kingdom here? My kingdom is not here. My kingdom is from above. So, I mean, when you start asking yourself and really thinking through questions like, is it the right fight? And is the Lord my defense? I think we would do well to give the Holy Spirit elbow room to search our hearts in this regard. I've heard it said that if you defend yourself, God will let you. Let me say it again. Take matters into your own hands. You start fighting. I'm not going to put up with this. Don't you know who I am? Uh, no. Who are you? (laughs) The Lord is your defense. Let the Lord defend you. Do you realize that all of the power that Jesus tells Pilate is from above for him is the same power that is from above for you? I'll tell you, I've been walking with the Lord for 38 years, and I've learned the hard way, and I've got the scars to prove it. So many times I've defended myself. 
And this is where the enemy is so clever. If he can get you to defend yourself, then guess what's going to happen? You're going to spend all your time defending yourself. That's his whole plan, is to get you to defend yourself. Let the Lord defend you. You know what I found? <laughs> oh, you know, in retrospect, you know how they say hindsight is twenty twenty. I'm sure that's a saying in the Bible too that somebody hijacked, but whatever. I look back on my life and I think about all those times where I just stayed out of God's way and let Him have His way and He would defend me. And it was always perfect, because He's perfect. And I think, oh my goodness, had I rushed ahead of God, took matters into my own hands, and tried to defend myself, God would be like, big mistake. I wish you wouldn't have done that. You're going to make a mess out of this. And isn't it true? By the time we finally bring it to Him, it's like the angels given charge concerning us. I feel so sorry for the angels that got my file, but they're like, why didn't you just, you could have saved yourself so much pain and suffering, had you but come to God sooner and said, here God, you defend me. Now look what you've done. Oh my goodness, look at this thing. This last one is what I want to spend the remainder of our time on. It's in the second part of verse 13 through to verse 16. And it's a biggie. Is the Lord my strength? Okay. Well, again, that sounds like a firm grasp of the obvious. I mean, we sing songs, you know, and the best worship songs, I'm convinced, are Scripture put to music right? Which is what the whole book of Psalms was, by the way. The Psalms were songs that were sung. So I love those worship songs, but we sing it. Be the strength of my life. Be the strength of my life. Liar. What do you mean? Well, come on. You're doing it in your own strength. The energy of your own flesh. And you've got a life that is riddled with conflict because of it. You're not relying on the Lord. I don't know if it's possible to overstate the importance of what Paul says here as it relates to keeping this command. Did you notice that? This is a command. It is? Yeah. And not only are, are we to keep this command, but we're to do so blamelessly, not sinlessly, blamelessly. Big difference. Now, why do I mention this and emphasize this? Because, stay with me, couching it in terms of a command is a game changer. It's easy to read the book of 1 Timothy and think it only applies to pastors, but the Word of God is always inclusive. This means you can glean something from every page, no matter who you are. So don't let your social status, job, age, or how long you've been a Christian hinder you from diving into the Bible. It's full of wisdom that you can apply to your life. As you listen to Pastor J.D.'s message today, we pray your faith was impacted in a powerful way. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear others like it, just visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. There you'll find an archive of teachings as well as other helpful tools in your walk with the Lord. 
We always love to hear from our listeners, too. If you have a specific prayer request or any questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us through our contact form on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find it under the About tab. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to connect and have you join us for our worship services. Always feel free to bring your friends and family along, too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God with Pastor J.D. Be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. You can find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website or find us on our media platforms to stay up to date with all things concerning Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Thanks for being part of our study here today. We hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth.